this is what happens sometimes in our discomfort. In our discomfort, we run to the answer. We know the answer. Just do it like this. Do it like this, be like this, look like this. If you do it like that, everything will go well. It didn't go so well. In discomfort, we wanna have an answer. We wanna have a solution. We wanna fix it. We wanna make it better now. So we are, I'll, I just have to warn you three things. So continue to keep this message in prayer. One, um, Vice President Michael got me and Allison got me a coffee the size of my head. So I'm like very energetic and slightly sweaty. Second of all, <laughs> the other thing is that this is my favorite, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, the story of Job, I think, is so important and so meaningful and so good to dig into today. So I'm going to maybe talk a little fast. And the great thing is you can always go back to this and hear it online um, if you miss anything. And then the third is just that this is the word of God moving in this place and in this time and for you specifically. And so I just pray that God's Holy Spirit would move and wake us up and hold us close today. So the book of Job, we are in a five-week sermon series, and this is the fourth week. We've been asking hard questions and sitting with them, not rushing to an answer, but allowing ourselves to sit in the discomfort of the question and actually wonder about it. The first week, I preached on the question, where are you from, and how that shows up for me and us in our lives. Uh, last A uh, couple weeks ago, Pastor Natalia preached on where does it hurt. And last week, we had the Ask the Pastors, and I invite you to go back online and listen to any of those sermons to get caught up if you'd like, because next week, Pastor Natalia is delivering the fifth sermon in the sermon series. And I think you're going to want to be around for that. It's going to be a powerful word. And so today we're going to sit in the word that asks us, what do you need? I invite you to take a deep breath, and I invite you to think about that, to wonder with God in this time, in this place, in this moment, what do you need? Show of hands, how many of you said, I really need somebody to tell me all the ways I'm doing it wrong? Anybody? No? 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 Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we might laugh a little bit about that, but churches are filled with people telling other people how they need to look, how they need to show up, how they ought to be. They're worried more about looking religious than looking like Jesus. And so this morning, I invite us to wonder together, what do we need at the core of who we are, who we were created to be? What is it that we need this morning? Jesus sits with us in that wondering and in those questions. Our scripture we heard today was read from the book of Job, and Job is by far, like I said, one of my favorite books. 
In chapter one through two, you see this narrative happening between God and Satan. And, God, and Satan says to God, the only reason Job is so loyal and so righteous and so good is because you've blessed him abundantly. Of course he loves you. Of course he will be loyal to you. And God says, I don't think so. And so Satan decides to play a little bit in Job's life and bring out a whole world of torment and pain. From chapters 3 to 31, we see what happens when Job's friends come along and sit beside Job in the suffering. Elphaz tells Job, You know, Job, as I have seen it, those who plow iniquity sow trouble and reap the same. What does that mean? That means what he's saying is like, Look, Job, I've only seen sinners have it bad. When did the righteous ever suffer or perish? Um, buddy. <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, the righteous suffer. But then Bildad jumps in and is more like, hey, Job, Job, Job. What he meant was, you know, if you seek God and make supplication to the Almighty, say you're sorry, God, God will see that you are pure and you are upright and surely God will restore you to your rightful place. Job, be more sorry. Please don't say that to any of your friends who are suffering or going through pain. But it gets better because he has a third friend. <laughs> Job's third friend gets up and Zophar has to speak up and he says to him, Job, my conduct is pure and I am clean in God's sight. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips to you and that he would tell you the secrets of wisdom for wisdom is many-sided. Know then that God exacts of you less than your guilt deserves. What? He's saying, because I'm not a sinner like you, I can see God's wisdom. And for me to share it with you is even more than you deserve. The responses as the three friends just got better and better and better. But the weird thing is they started off on such a great foot. They came. They wept with Job. They tore their clothes. They wept. They sat in silence and they just held that space with Job. But then what happened? Why all of a sudden did they get anxious and feel like they have to share and depart their wisdom and their purity and their goodness to Job? Why do any of us do that? Have you ever sat with somebody who's suffering? Have you ever sat with someone who's dying or who is experiencing a lot of pain? Those are long minutes. They're not full of, like Katie said, just buck up, buddy, you're going to get better. It's going to be okay. There's no, there's none of that. 
There's the sitting in the discomfort that something hard is happening. And as humans, we hate that. We hate that so much. It's like when um, this morning there was a spider in my room, and it was like crawling and it's going really fast, and I, like, I put a glass over it to hold it, and it reminded me of a story of one of my friends who's in Tanzania, and they had seen a giant spider. Now, you don't know me that well, and I really don't love spiders. And this one was hugormous, right? Like, I don't even know if there's a cup big enough to catch that buddy. So she said, I just stomped on it. There's a problem, it's uncomfortable, I don't like it. I just stomped on that spider. Guess what? That spider exploded with a million little spider babies all over the place. This is what happens sometimes in our discomfort. In our discomfort, we run to the answer. We know the answer. Just do it like this. Do it like this. Be like this. Look like this. If you do it like that, everything will go well. It didn't go so well. In discomfort, we want to have an answer. We want to have a solution. We want to fix it. We want to make it better now. But that's not how Jesus is. That's not how Jesus shows up. Jesus comes and sits beside us. Jesus doesn't say, hurry up and heal. Please, we got things to do. Jesus usually says things like, I see your hurt. You see it all over the Bible when Jesus is bringing healing and when Jesus is bringing comfort, when Jesus is just loving the people, the way Jesus shows up with people is radically different than how we show up. We are so very human. We get so very uncomfortable. And we need the Holy Spirit to sit with us in the discomfort, to sit with us beside our grieving friends, because we don't have the answers. I think most of the time when we're sitting next to people that are grieving or in pain, we just hope that they can't tell how uncomfortable we feel. And God invites us to see, what do you need? Because if I'm really honest, I don't think what you need is all that different than what other people need. I've been talking a lot about how I'm free-range Pastor Jenny. I get to travel around the world and serve people in all different places. And the thing that is so fascinating, I was just talking to Alice about it this morning, the places are different, and somehow people are still the same. There is a belovedness that we each carry. There is a sinfulness that we each carry. And every time we want to leap to the answer, leap to the solution, say we know what to do, we're already wrong. The book of Job teaches us we don't know. God comes to Job and says, Job, were you there when I created the dawn? Were you there when I folded out the world before you, the stars and the sea and the, the animals? Like, were you there, Job? Do you know? We don't know. And the more we try to pretend we know, assume we know, 
the more we hurt each other. Do you know there's a study that talks about people who are usually the furthest from the trauma are the fastest to judge it and the harshest. What does that mean? Let's take a 10-car pileup. 10 cars just crashed into each other on the highway. It means that car 8, 9, and 10 are going to be the fastest to decide what just happened. That person was probably texting. That person was probably not paying attention. I'm going to be late now for brunch with my friends. Heaven forbid. Car 8, 9, and 10, they know what happened. And you know what? It is disruptive to the comfort of their life, and they're mad about it. They will be the harshest in judging what happened. However, the people in car 2, 3, and 4 can see that somebody had a seizure. And even though they're bleeding and they're wounded, they're helping this person that caused the accident to just live. So often in our life, we are so quick to judge what the right answer is. My sweet friends, beloved children of God, we don't know what spiders are pregnant. Don't go stomping around. Because in doing so, we hurt, we wound the very people that we are called to serve and love. One thing that's very difficult as humans is being human and recognizing you're not God. I have talked to every single number in the directory that wasn't disconnected, busy, or answered the phone. And the thing I heard so often were the assumptions that other people had about other people and their stories. The other thing I heard was a lot of pain, a lot of grief, a lot of hurt, a lot of people in need. And you know what our culture does to people in need? It's like we shame them. Like, how, how dare you need something? And yet we have so much satisfaction in giving to the needy. And we're just so thankful that that's not us. Beloveds, that is us. That is us. We are them. They are I, me, we, us. It is us. I know the best thing about you, and I know the worst thing about you. Oh my gosh, your, your sin was so bad that it took Christ himself, God himself, to come and give everything. But I know the best thing is God looks at you in particular and says you're worth it. Says that I would do it again. Says I am this God that loves you and will give everything for you. We are all equally sinner and saint in need of God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness. My hope and my prayer for this congregation, for this space, for this church, for the church of Christ as a whole, is to recognize that we are human and we are not God. So I invite the congregation to rise. We're gonna practice a few things. It'll hurt just a little bit, but we're not here to be comfortable. We're here to be like Jesus. I invite you to say, 
I need God. Mm -hmm. I invite you to say it again. Because we're Lutheran, I know we need a few times to warm up. Let's say it again. I'm sorry, who do you need? I need God. Let's say it again. I need God. Let's say it again. I need God. Say it again. I need God. Last time, I need God. Now I invite you to look around this room. This is also going to be maybe a little painful, but we're here to be more like Jesus, and so it's okay to be a little uncomfortable. I invite you to go to someone else in this congregation, even if it's just for the sake of this exercise, and say, I need you. Okay, your first person, go ahead, turn to the person next to you. And also notice who else needs to hear this. Look at us Lutherans, we're walking around, my goodness. I invite you to see each other and say, I need you. Oftentimes, in the place of saying, I need you, we say things like, I hate you. Oftentimes, anger is the bodyguard to pain. So I invite us today and this morning to let go of the discomfort. Just know it's going to be uncomfortable. Just know you're not going to have all the answers. But know where you go, you don't go alone. We are meant to need God and to need one another. There is no shame in that. For all that and more, thanks be to God. I invite you to hear these words and know that they are for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you May you know that you have need, and that's okay. May you know that God, who is able to do far more and abundantly more than you can even think or imagine, has more than enough. May you go out in peace. May you go out in joy. And may you go out knowing wherever you go, God goes with you too. In the name of God, the parent, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord.